The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. If you want a job done right, you've got to go to the experts. And when it comes to incorporating your business, that means biz filings. With step-by-step guidance from on-demand experts, incorporating at biz filings is the next logical step. Head to bizfilings.com slash start and get things rolling with a free guide. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I am your host, Kevin Miller, and I'm here because there are few pursuits more worthwhile than positive personal development. Our lives are not neutral. We're either growing to be better for others or we're declining. Ziggler is about personal growth, and I'm proud to be here helping further that cause. And I'm incredibly honored that you're listening right now because I know that you feel the same way. You're listening because you believe in more. So thanks for letting me be a part of the legacy you are committed to creating. I bring you a quote today uh, that the best man in my wedding 23 years ago posted just last night on Facebook. It says, the duty of the church is to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. That was by Michael Ramsey. Uh, Listen to that again. The duty of the church is to comfort the disturbed and disturbed the comfortable. Now, I could expound on that, but I'll just give it to you to stew on a little bit. Love that quote. Hey, this is episode 335, and the title is, What are the real catalysts for life change? Yesterday at 9 p.m. Central Time, we posted that question uh, or a question on the Ziggler Facebook page. And thanks to the over 3.6 million loyally tuned in fans, uh, now 19 hours later, we have 211 comments. I've just been reading them and it's so hard to choose which ones to pull out. Uh, But first, thank you immensely. I mean, we're incredibly honored by the loyalty and engagement. The question comes right after we thank the Art of Charm podcast and host Jordan Harbinger for working to spread the Ziegler principles in their iTunes Top 50 podcast, theartofcharmpodcast.com. It's packed with wisdom in the truest sense of the word from how to become more productive and professional to how to better manage all types of relationships, create personal confidence, get people to like and trust you, increase productivity and time management, and much more. It has an explicit rating due to the candid interviews with many world changers, but you can tune in at theartofcharmpodcast.com. So the question we posted on the Ziegler Facebook page was this. If you've ever made a significant change in your life, will you share what the main catalyst or cause was? Was it a message, a person, a life circumstance, or something else? What caused the tipping point? I ask it because I truly wanted to know. I, of course, went through and picked out the comments that you know piqued my interest that I thought were really poignant. Uh, I didn't necessarily categorize them or prepare commentary. And Tom Ziegler, who's with us today, hasn't seen them at all. So I'm going to simply read them. And Tom and I are going to give you our candid thoughts and feedback. Before we do, one of the best catalysts for positive change that I know of are Ziegler events. So Tom Ziegler, what's coming up next? 
Well, Kevin, we got a couple of things coming up. First is I want to mention our Ziegler Business Owner Boot Camp. If you're a small business owner and you want to learn how to systemize your business so you're no longer a slave to your business and you want to do it so you can have balanced success, moral, ethical, where your family's involved, where everything's going in the right direction, then you need to check this out. You can go to Ziegler.com and look under our workshops. That business owner boot camp is September 24 and 25. And then, of course, our Ziegler Legacy Certification. We have one more course this year. It's November 16th through the 20th. If you have a heart, a desire, a passion to teach Ziegler materials, content that's literally changed tens of thousands of lives, if you would like to be a Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainer, you need to check that out. And the best place to do that is at ZieglerCertified.com. Everything you need to know is right there. In fact, Kevin, you help write the copy on that page. We've got a great video there. You'll know right away if it's for you. But here's something else. As a listener, I would encourage you to check out ZieglerCertified.com because it may not be for you, but you may know somebody who is perfect for it. And you introducing them to that would just be a huge help because our mission is to change the world using our content, our philosophy. So if it's impacting you, just checking that out would be awesome. Then the last thing, of course, is our Ziegler On Demand. And this is all of Dad's materials, over 60 hours of content through a program. You can find it about it right on our website at Ziegler.com. You can have 24-7 access to all of his most famous life-changing programs. And it's only $9.95 a month. So, Kevin, those are the things we wanted to highlight this week. And let's get into the show, man. Okay, I do. And I, yeah, I, I do want to say, yeah, we've got this. If you've ever thought about Ziegler uh, certification, Ziegler, Ziegler legacy certification, and if you've gone to see some of the information or gone to a web cast or something, we do have a, a page. I was always, I always felt like there was not enough access to the information on what actually happens at this event. And we have all the information. I haven't even gone there to fully edit it yet. So you're going to get the raw stuff. But ZieglerCertified.com will tell you everything you know about this life and uh, career and business changing event. Okay. Well, yeah, let's dive into the comments on Facebook. Again, there were 211 comments so far in the past 19 hours for this question. If you've ever made a significant change in your life, will you share what the main catalyst or cause was was it a message a person a life circumstance or something else what caused the tipping point and you know as i read down through those tom there were plenty of people that said it was zig ziglar it was a ziglar event and uh, i think i put a couple of those in there but that was not my point uh, i wasn't fishing for ziglar testimonials there were some in there and, and i somewhat minimized those because that wasn't what i was looking for i wanted to know really what was it uh, folks, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I create and script these shows um, on the spot, and I got this one ready last night, and it was sitting in my living room with various members of my currently, as we talked about, Tom, 11-member household, and I read some of the posts that we're going to read in a second out loud, and it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes, comes from the movie Gladiator, and, and it was this, it was, what you do in this life echoes for eternity. And what people, folks, what you took the time to share now exists in my family's lives. It motivated them, brought them to tears, some of the some of the things that were shared. And as you listen, it will now exist and influence your lives. So, I mean, just the act of sharing 
uh, your journey and learnings to listening ears. And, and for those of you who are parents, man, everything you do echoes in your children's lives forever. I mean, how convicting, daunting, and glorious is that? So it was a significant living room experience just going through what we're going to go through in this show. So uh, so here we go. I'll, I'll warn you, if you like shallow fluff, you're going to get uncomfortable here. Uh, though that's a stupid statement on my part, as of course there's nobody listening here to this show, the Ziggler show, who's shallow. If you, uh, if you were shallow, there are many other podcasts that'll tick your, tickle your ears. You're here because we, I mean, all of us together are not here to just tickle. We're here to pick up shoulder and lift ourselves and others. And that takes depth and strength and love. Uh, so let's do this. So this guy I'm going to lead off with, this guy posted near immediately, literally the first post, the first comment and uh, he has a ton of comments and likes to his posts. So this is significant. So Tom, strap in here. This is Jake, uh, and I'm going to, I think it's Hilbrun. He said, I'm 18 years old and was depressed and unfulfilled after my first semester of college. In January of 2015, I took a leap of faith, booking a one-way flight to Guatemala with no phone, spent four months solo backpacking and volunteering in Central America, teaching English in a rural Guatemalan village, living with the locals, building echo lodges on the beach, trekking through ancient Mayan civilizations and pyramids, uh, volcano boarding. I don't even know what that is in Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Nic- that, that, that place, you know, uh, living on a raw plant diet in Costa Rica with, and so much more. My catalyst was the realization that I was done living a life based on the expectations of others. He has that in capitalized his catalyst. I was done living a life based on the expectations of others. He goes on to say, I've learned that true fulfillment and inner peace stem from the process of following your own true path, despite what others say or think. I'm now writing a book on my travels and my decision to follow my gut with the intention of inspiring thousands of youths and adults around the country. My message is that we must be proactive in pursuing our dreams and have the courage to listen to our inner voice. The initial step of simply taking action, which for him was leaving school and booking a one-way flight is the most difficult part. But when you take a leap of faith based on your truest intuition, the universe will work with you, not against you. Tom, it's hard for me to believe that came from some 18 year old kid who just happened to see our post on Facebook. Is that significant or what? Oh my gosh. I love that quote. I was done living a life based on the expectations of others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, Others have expectations for us which are totally unrealistic, right? You know, they want us to fit into the box and do the certain things. But even more importantly, and I think this is what holds more people back than that, is we assume people have expectations Hmm. about what we should do and our assumptions limit what we think we can. Hmm. And I'll give you my own case. I didn't speak public. I mean, I wasn't a public speaker, you know, going out and speaking and training until about five or six years ago. And for many years as president of this company, people would ask me to speak. And I would just say, no, 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 that's my role. That's not what I do. You know, I prepare the stage for somebody else. Thank you. But, you know, and they'd say, no, you've got something to say. You've got a different perspective. And when I finally analyzed, okay, why am I, why don't I want to go do that? Here's what I thought. I thought people would want me to be like my dad on stage. Mm. Yeah. So I thought their expectation was, hey, he's going to be little Zig Ziglar. And when I realized that's not it at all, they don't expect that. In fact, I can't tell you how many people have told me, hey, I'm so glad you're yourself when you're up there. Right. Instead of trying to fake it or try to be something you're not. 
And so our assumption about what other people expect holds us back as much as anything. I have to tell you, when you think, oh, I can't do that, I want you to dig a little deeper and ask yourself why. And I bet you it has more to do with what you think people expect rather than what they expect. Man, that that's uh, so true. And it made me think, just as you're, as you're talking, Tom, I've dealt with this with my kids some where I have consciously tried not to do some of these things and put expectations on them. And yet as my kids have grown and I hear their testimony, it was the realization that they, I, I can't hide it. You know, there are unspoken, I gave them unspoken expectations that now I'm having to unwind with some of my older ones and go, gosh, yeah, I can see how I, I gave that and, uh, uh, trying to release them to be their own people. Uh, I don't think we can get away from it as parents. I mean, we can't be neutral. You know, we're going to uh, impress things upon them. But yeah, you're saying it's the the it's the expectations that we assume. And I think, yeah, there are also those unspoken expectations. But then for a lot of folks listening to this, I'm sure many of you have had absolute blatant expectations and demands put on you by others. So here's a 18 year old Jake giving us his new lease on life. Uh, such maturity at a young age. Cause he realized he's living life based on the expectations of others. He's not going to do it anymore. Well, here is, Oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. I was just going to say, he reminds me, I read a, uh, an article or actually a book called the art of nonconformity mm-hmm. by Chris Gillibrew or Gillibrew. Is that how you say it? Gil- Gillibo, I think, I think it's Gillibo. Okay. Anyway, it was it really there. There was a quote in there that he said, and and basically, if I remember the story right, uh, after college he wasn't sure what to do, so he went into the Peace Corps for two years. Yeah. He comes home, and now the expectation is it's time to start the corporate career, right? It's time to go get the job, and he calls all of his friends who went straight into the corporate world, and the the thing that he found in common is that they all had you know the they all went out and they bought the car. You know, they bought the little BMW, the little Mercedes. They had the six, $700 car payment, and they were slaves to what they were doing. And he said, you know what? You know, my dream is to travel the world. I would love to visit and go to 100 different countries. And so he kind of researched what it would take to get to those 100 countries. And if he did it over three or four years – he realized that if he planned it right, he went budget, he did everything, he could do that travel for the same cost as a car payment. That's excellent. His dream, he, he you know, what he said was, is people trade in their dream for a car payment. Mm, that's a great line. And I just, man, that just hit me that expectation is you go out, you get the job, you buy the car to fit in. And every month you're working just to pay the bills. So what did he do? He got a job where he could ride his bike to work and he lived his dream. And he built the whole business around it. It's an amazing thing. That's stellar. Yes, I remember that story. That's that's profound. There you go. Trading in your trading in your dream for a car payment or list a whole myriad of other little assets that we have and amenities that we trade our lives for. Man, okay. I'm going to jump to the next one. Selena Kirkhoff. She says, I was in an abusive relationship for seven years without the ability to find my way out. Eventually, things got very dangerous and I was scared. Every day, my older sister would take the time out of her day to call me 
and to say this to me, God will not let you fall any further than you are now. I wasn't an over-religious person, but the daily feeding of positive talk from a trusted person allowed me to walk out, divorce, and create an incredible life uh, with self-worth, di- dignity, and the most, and most importantly, a very positive outlook on life. I've married a very supportive and like-minded man. Together, we are conquering our dreams with rather large smiles on our faces, all because sis took the time to believe in me. And when I read that, Tom, I just thought of, of you, uh, of your dad, and we all have the opportunity. Uh, we'd love to have that in our lives, but we can all right now, this day, be that be sis uh, for Selena to some person, to one person. Who's the one person that we can support? And, and I have that in my life. Uh, I have a handful of people specifically. Uh, one person in particular, I'll name him, is my buddy Scott Stearman. And that guy has encouraged me specifically solely through some hard stuff. And it's, it was life-altering, Tom. You know, I don't, I don't know how you can even – you can't even put a value – on someone who is there beside you when you're in the muck, right? And they just keep believing in you. I mean, this this sis that she talks about, that is unbelievable. You know what? I'm looking at the at the page right now and these comments, not only do we get tons of comments, but we got replies after reply to each one of these comments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Man, you need to check out the Ziggler fan page on Facebook just to go in deep and see what people are saying about these comments. But, yeah, Dad always said this. He said, be a, be a good finder. Uh, you know, you're looking for the good in all the situations. But every now and then, God puts somebody in your path, and they need a, a word of encouragement on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. How many of us right now would like to have that email written about us? How many of us are that, that post how many of us would like to be called sis right now? Yeah. Here's I, the thing is there's literally people out there waiting for us to become their sis in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you say that. How would you like to be that? Tom, I have yet, shamefully, not I still haven't written a book, even though Zig, your dad, what, two and a half years ago, pounded me all day long that I was there said, write a book, Kevin, write a book, write it and send it to me. I'll tell you if it's any good. And I missed my opportunity. So I haven't written my book yet. However, I have a stack of books and I know yours is far larger than mine, Tom, uh, where I'm in the acknowledgements. I have so much, uh, gratitude and, and admitted pride in being in the acknowledgements of those books. I want to be in the, in the acknowledgements of people's lives, um, so yeah, what a, what a great testimony. Thank you so much for posting that. Hey, and speaking of that, yeah, for whoever's listening to this now and in years to come, August 16th, no, that would be the wrong date. It would be August 26th. That was yesterday, August 26, 2015, this Facebook, uh, post that is continuing to, yeah, not only get comments, but then replies, talk about, you, you want to go there and, and feel better about your life circumstances for one, go read through there. It's an amazing, amazing read to see what people have shared. Now, again, we're going to talk through a handful of them here today, um, but you'll do yourself a good service by checking it out. Tom, I'm going to read two real quick that are on the same tangent. Uh, Kristen Davis says, I started my business after my family 
experienced the devastating and unexpected loss of my 42-year-old brother-in-law. He was bigger than life, and there was a palpable difference here on earth without him. He was very driven and worked like he had the power of 10 men. I felt I needed to go big or go home because nothing in life is guaranteed, including time to do it tomorrow. A couple good nuggets in there, but let me read another one real quick. Annette Stokes, she says, My son passed away from suicide in 2006. After that happened, I spent three years in deep depression. I mean, it changed me dramatically. I gained a new perspective on what is important in life. God, family, work, in that order. I since started a small business using my skills in marketing. I rep a couple companies uh, doing marketing. I'm happier now than I ever was. That may not sound right since I lost my son, but I now value the correct things and live the life I was meant to live. I give more and expect nothing in return. Although there are times I'm not sure I can pay the bills, my faith always holds true and somehow I find a way. Abundance seems to be with me and I thank God for what I have and know that I am very blessed. Well, that was two of a significant amount of comments that were based upon my life change. The catalyst was somebody died and life got real for me. Uh, I mean, that none of us would want to go through that, but to take that into account. I mean, Tom, that's, it just reminded me of the deathbed regrets. I mean, people have written some of the, some of those pro- profound inspirational things that I read in all honesty were some of those deathbed regrets, the things that I uh, regret. And most of them, of course, as we know, are the things I regret not doing, not trying. But here, Kristen and Annette both saying it was somebody passing away that, uh, what what did she say? Um, It may not sound correct since I lost my son, but I now value the correct things and live the life I was meant to live. I value the correct things. I mean, is there anything more powerful than a catalyst that allows you to do that, Tom? Sure. You know, and what a what a, a life lesson. You know, we I I spent a lot of time in airports, and you see plane delays and weather, and you see people getting frustrated like it's the end of the world. And I flew back from uh, Houston last week, sitting next to a lady uh, who was on her way to. Uh, Mexico, and it looked like she was going to miss her connection. And I go, how did, how are you doing with that? And she's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. And I go, why is that? And she basically said, well, you know, I spent Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's in the hospital. My 29-year-old daughter just got a liver transplant. Oh. And she had a genetic uh, defect when she was born and has been living with this condition. And she literally is like born again. Wow. Her whole life is different now. She can eat. She can eat protein for the first time. This lady was telling me how her daughter ate meat for the first time in her life and didn't know how to chew it. And I'm we're sitting there on the plane, and I'm like, well, I, I guess this weather isn't a big deal, then. Is it? And she <laughs> goes, no, it's really not. Wow. Right. And so there's people we love, you know, whether it's our kids or our friends or our parents or our siblings and. You know, we get we get caught up in the little things that irritate us and they overwhelm and consume us. And it's it's just amazing how when we get our priorities in line, how much richer and fuller and better life is. And so when we see a testimony like this, somebody who didn't realize it until they lost it, you know, boy, what a what a lesson for us who haven't had that 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 type of experience yet where we can go home and hug the ones we love and put our priorities in place. Man. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big, big deal. 
Hey, I want to take a second to uh, thank one of the supporters of The Ziegler Show. Folks, we surveyed The Ziegler Show audience, found a high percentage of business owners, corporate executives, and managers in our audience, people who often need to fill critical job positions to keep their company at top performance. Uh, so do you right now need to fill a position in your business or company in record time and with a rock star candidate, Zip Recruiter? With them, you can post to 100 plus job sites with one single click. Uh, you can watch brand new candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface within 24 hours, literally, plus be instantly matched to candidates from over 4 million resumes. 400,000 businesses use ZipRecruiter. So here's what uh, Calvin testified, and I appreciated his testimony as a business owner myself. He said, it seems like the quality of candidates is so poor nowadays. People don't know how to write a compelling cover letter. They don't know how to do an interview. They want the world but aren't willing to put in the hard work to get it. ZipRecruiter offers a great way to weed out the duds from the studs. Uh, I love how they have a pre-interview section where people can actually write a synopsis of themselves. It's disappointing how few people actually take the time to write something of worth. I love ZipRecruiter. Would definitely use them again. So uh, Ziggler audience today, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Okay, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Well, Tom, here's one. I'm going to try to encapsulate it because it's a little long, but geez, it's profound. And it's got one line in it that I love. So Margaret Iarte, uh, I think, she said, when my father died, I was 15. He was, he was 34. He had a massive heart attack, left five kids behind. I've lived in fear of reaching my 30s. Uh, I've had the same stress levels he did, very overweight, on depression and anxiety meds that uh, made me like a robot. The last three years of my life were the hardest between a failing marriage, financial de uh, debt, stress, and looking in the mirror and hating what I saw. At the end of this year, we met a, I met a couple. They opened the door for my husband and I to make a life change for our health and our life together. 77, 77 days since... Uh, day one of our journey, I'm down 50 pounds. My husband's down 42. We've promised each other to refocus what's important in our lives and work together as a team to meet the same goals for our children. Our relationship is the strongest it's ever been, and so is our financial future. I now welcome the age 34 so I can wave it goodbye and grab the future to run with it. The biggest change is in our minds and hearts. When you want something bad enough, you have to fight for, for it. And here's the line that I like, Tom. People say they will kill for their children, but will they change? We had to recommit, rearrange, and throw out a whole bunch of things in order to get to this mindset for our three children. Uh, your posts, as you talk about Ziggler posts, are often used on my page because it's how I'm feeling at that moment. I now only look to how we can make it better instead of looking for a way out. Everything does happen for a reason. Hey, hey, that hit me. It's interesting that I just mentioned my buddy, uh, Scott Stearman as an encourager to me. He said that very same line to me, Tom, uh, actually it was to me and some other guys, we had a small group together and this is probably about three years ago. He said, he said that in regards to his wife, he said, man, I, I would, I, absolutely. I would say in a heartbeat, I'd die for my wife, but will I change? And at the time he was talking about some personal physical health that he felt that he needed to pursue. So he wasn't just on the downward decline after the age of of 60. That stops me in my tracks, Tom. Will I, will I die for my family? Yes. But will I change? Uh, we need a plaque for that. What do you think? And that is, that is strong. Dad would say that'll preach, mm. man. That is good. And, and you know, it just reminds me and I, I get on these, these kicks and, and when I was speaking in Australia a couple of weeks ago, 
this quote came out of my mouth. I can't even remember if I said it on the last podcast, but this this quote is so well, good. You did. Just, you did say it, but say it again. It needs to be repeated a million times, and I've used it. I used it in the last podcast. You weren't in, so yeah, we'll do it every podcast. You ready? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tradition. Okay, now. good. But but what it is is this 77 days is an example of this. The, the quote is, this, this guy asked me, he said, Tom, what's the fastest way to success? And so what popped out of my mouth was, the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. And so while we, you know, we get stuck in this rut and we're, we're doing and saying and eating and reading and listening to all the wrong things, right? We, we keep doing what we've been doing and we keep going down deeper and deeper into the pit. Getting out of the pit is the same thing that got us into the pit, huh. Right. I mean, we didn't start off eating 20 Twinkies a day. You know, it was it was a half a Twinkie or one Twinkie, and then it was two Twinkies, and then it was three, right? Yeah. So we just kept getting better and better at the bad habit. And so all we've got to do is follow this principle of just getting rid of one bad habit and replacing it with a good habit. Yeah. And so my encouragement out to the listeners and to uh, the writer of this post is, hey, you know what, 77 days, that is amazing. It takes 90 days to really cement a good habit. And I love how your focus now is on health yeah. and not on looking a certain way or losing amount a certain weight. Because when we focus on health, mental, physical, spiritual, financial, family, career, health, right? All of those require health. Now we're focusing our mind on what we want to become. And when we focus that way, we read that information, we take it in, and we automatically do it. So it's not about what we don't want to be. It's all about who we want to become. Yeah. So when we say a bad habit for a good habit, I'm going to quit drinking soda and I'm going to start drinking water. That's replacing a bad habit for a good habit. Mentally, you know what? If I go to bed right after watching the 10 o'clock news, I'm going to have bad dreams. I mean, that's just what it's about. Yeah. So I'm going to go to bed at 9.59. I'm turning that baby off. I'm, I, you know what I mean? And I'm going, to, I'm going to have good dreams. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have the good habit of starting my day off right with the right mental input. You do those little things, you add a habit a week, your life will change. Okay. Well, that's our new habit in the show. We never pass a show without saying secret of success, fastest way to success, replace a bad habit with a good habit. We can't hear that one enough. All right. Casey Giles. I grew up in the foster care system. I used to think, poor me, my family's awful. I felt so unloved and abandoned. There were many people, hurtful people, that I had been abused by. One day, a boy near my age, about 14, came to live in the same foster home. His mother and her boyfriend had beaten his younger brother to death. It was a severe awakening at, any, at, at my age. Uh, yeah, those bad things did happen to me, but this boy had such a heavier burden to carry. I quickly realized there were probably many people who had so much less good in their lives. I've tried every day since to look for and be grateful for the blessings in my life. Tom, that's one that I read last night out loud to whoever was in the room, the living room at the time as I was going through this. And my 15-year-old daughter, Eliza, she said, that, that's amazing, daddy. And she, she restated it. She said uh, how he said, I quickly realized there were probably many people who had so much less good in their lives. Cause she was saying, you know, most of the time we say, Oh, somebody else has it worse than I do. And we can always say that, but what a different way to rephrase it. There are always people who have less good in their lives. I mean, this is just, it's a quotable show here, Tom. <laughs> 
oh my gosh, you know, and I just sit there and I, you know, we, 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 and then we're, when we're comparing ourselves to other people listening to the show, you know, and mm-hmm. most of us, we may not, we may not be on a healthcare program, but if something happens, we can go down and get healthcare. In most mm-hmm. countries, that's not the case, man. If, if you don't have the money, you're, you're just, you're, you're done. And not to mention yeah. that people out to hurt you intentionally yeah. that people have to live with. Yeah. And the, what I loved about that quote, though, is that they took this extreme situation, and, and I'm sure that the, this person's situation was severe. I mean, being in a foster home oh, yeah. is never a good thing, right? Even even in the best of cases, it's not good. Uh, and yet they were able to look at the situation, step back, and be grateful for what they did have. Yeah. Now, here's the amazing thing is when we become grateful for what we do have, we'll have more to be grateful for. Yep. And so that just that mindset change, that belief change, and then when you start to have more to be grateful for, then that spirit kind of wells up inside, which is, hey, how can I share this with somebody else? Yeah. You will you will find that the world changers out there, the people who change the world, they have a common thread in them. They either come out of great hardship yeah. or they have somebody in their family who had a mental or physical disability they had to deal with. And so they, they learned at an early age that life wasn't about them. And so yeah. this is this is one of those, you know, one of those epiphanies that somebody had where wait a second, other people are struggling. I should be grateful for what I have. The next phase of that person's life, it's gonna go to the next level. Yeah. And and I do want to pull out there that uh in that testimony from Casey it, they also said, yeah, those bad things did happen to me. Again, it wasn't to negate the badness, the hardness that happened there, but just to also realize there's there's other people who have less good uh, is so paradigm shifting. Okay, this next one, Tom, is just interesting as all get out. Though, real quick, I want to I want to thank again another supporter of the Ziggler Show, which is Stamps.com. So we, everybody knows Ziggler is about inspiring and increasing your top performance, and in that life is way too short and precious to waste time. Uh, so you know that feeling you get when you can get things done with just a click of your mouse, things that you used to spend hours driving to deal with face-to-face. So now you can get your mailing and shipping done without leaving your desk thanks to Stamps.com. So Stamps.com ultimately turns your PC or Mac into your own personal post office that never closes, and that's the epitome of convenient. So you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your computer and printer. Then just hand your mail to the mailman or drop it in the mailbox, and you'll never have to go to the old post office Again, so right now, use our promo code Ziggler for this special offer. It's a no-risk trial plus 110 bucks bonus offer. Includes a digital scale that calculates the exact postage for letters and packages, and you also get up to 55 bucks free in postage. So I entreat you, don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Ziggler. That's stamps.com and enter Ziggler. Well, Tom, as much as we are also habitually talking about positive self-talk and changing that mental image we have in our head, check this out. Uh, I, had, I had to read this twice and think about it. So Renard Wabu okay, says, the most significant change that I've made is using my adopted name after graduating high school rather than my birth name, which I used on all official documents prior to that switch. It is like I have lived multiple lives because you are known by what people call you. Once they are forced to identify you under a different title, a rebirth occurs. 
Ultimately, a rebirth gives an individual the power to reinvent themselves. Names can have a huge impact on self-concept. I'm humbled by the different powers each name has given me. Boom. I, giving yourself a new name. I mean, it, it, that's the essence of the self-talk cards, you know, is giving ourselves a new identity. But this guy went so far. And it's, uh, it, it's interesting to think about that in a literal sense. Do you need to change your name? And, uh, man, I hope I don't step on anybody's toes, but I talked to a guy once who was, he was inquiring with me, Tom, about some personal coaching, but said he couldn't afford it. His name, his last, I won't give his full name. That would be really terrible. His last name was poor man, P O O R M A N. And if anybody's out there with that last name, I I mean, no offense at all, but it's not, that's a, that's, that's a hurdle to get over. I mean, in all reality, as his literal name, uh, was, uh, was poor man. That's, that's difficult. So here's a guy who's attaching, though, an experience. How many of you have an experience and, and you, with your literal namesake, have disdain for it, are ashamed of it? Should you change your name? Now, okay, that's one end of it. Now, Tom, you know, you can talk about the other side. We can do that also, giving ourselves a new name, in essence, without a literal change of what our first and last birth names may be or middle name, but how... I mean, you've seen that, Tom. How many times have you experienced that, maybe in your own life and with other people's, where they have, in essence, changed their name? Man, I've got a great example. Uh, Tranel Walker is one of our Ziegler Legacy certified trainers. And when he was a young man playing football in high school, he had a devastating spinal cord injury Hmm. and is paralyzed from the neck down. So here's a young guy. He, he, He literally was being looked at for college and probably professional football at an early age. And he's in a game, and his whole life changes right before his eyes. He's no longer, he's no longer able to do anything, right, because he is in that position. And so he struggles. He goes through that. And then he decides, you know what? I control my own destiny. Right here from this chair, I control my own destiny. And he came up with this talk called the Trinell Effect. And he came up with a word for each letter in his name. You know, T is for terrific, and he goes all the way through Sweet. it. And he and I'm not sure if terrific is what he has in there. But the point is, is that he renamed himself around an inspirational program around his name. And wow. so I and we actually teach this in our workshops where we we tell people, hey, take your name and write out an acronym for what that stands for. So you can take your name, Kevin, and you know, Kevin is for king because when it comes to you know, taking care of my family, I'm the king, or whatever you want to do, and you do each letter in your name, and you can do that. What a, what an awesome idea. Yeah. Oh, man, I, yeah, that's significant. It's interesting. I was talking with my, uh, some of my, my girls, uh, my daughters, and they were talking about, you know, ultimately they'll get married and change their last name. And, you know, we're discussing that, and they're fine with that. And that's how, you know, most people do. There are some people now who hyphenate it. And we said, you know, is there some law that it has to be the uh, take on the guy's name? But what we came to and said, you know, what about creating your own last name together? How interesting would that be? And this hits a little bit close to home, Tom. As you know, my brother, my blood brother, Jared, uh, changed. He and his wife, they got married. She took on his last name of Miller. But they moved to Africa. They were there. Well, they actually met over there. They met over there. Their heart is over there. Uh, in a lot of ways and just they're, they're very world travelers. They now live in Costa Rica. They changed their last name and it was a big deal for him because he says, gosh, it's no shame, no nothing against the the term, you know, the, the, the name Miller. 
his given name. Uh, and he may use that somewhat like in the middle or something like that, but they wanted one that they own together. Change their last name. He's now Jared and Ilea. That's his wife, Angaza, A-N-G-A-Z-A, uh, which is an aspect of, of light giver. And it's really interesting that they, that they did that. So uh, this, that, that story hit close to home on multiple fronts. But, man, how powerful for any of us. Can we change our name? And ultimately, can we change our self-image? Well, hey, so this is Tammy Cahoon. She said, my parents had to sell the farm when I was 12. We moved from a close-knit community to an abandoned Air Force base where my parents attended a government school for these types of situations. It was a complete culture shock for me. I spiraled into depression for years. My parents were also depressed and immensely dysfunctional. Those were extremely unhappy years. I missed so much school, and if it wasn't for my faith in God, I would have committed suicide. Finally, by a prayer and miracle, I was sponsored by a wonderful and generous family to go away to a Christian high school. It was at that high school that a teacher's wife gave me the book, drumroll, See You at the Top. I read it over and over again and fell in love with Zig Ziglar and his positive principles. He changed my life from a negative path to being a believer and helping others get what they need. I'm now an early childhood teacher and mom of three biological children who adopted and adopted two additional children and fostered two more. We've also been shepherd, a shepherding home for unwed mothers. I believe I can change my corner of the world, and that is uh, that's a long road since the days of deep despair. So as I talked about earlier, it wasn't necessarily to do that as a plug for, for Ziegler, but a testimony to the influence and impact you can have by sharing your heart, journey, and insight, whether it's through a best-selling book or it's whether just having the uh, bravery of, of, of telling somebody your personal story that may impact that one. Now, Tom, I know you've heard lots of stories about uh, the benefits of people who have read yours and your dad's materials, but that one is, uh, it's just, it's just real folks. And that's why we share these. This is just real testimony and, uh, out there on Facebook, pretty profound. Don't you think? <laughs> Unbelievable. And one of the, you know, a lot of people, they, they have this mindset, well, I could never be that person. I could never do that. Per- mm-hmm. You know, I could never be that kind of Deal. And, I, and I tell people this, I say, you know, as, as powerful as dad was on stage, and he was, and, and as amazing in his books and CDs and audio programs are in life-changing, they were incredible. But the thing that amazed me the most was people, after hearing him speak, they would wait in line for two hours just to say hello, get an autograph, shake his hand. And that conversation would only go on for a minute. Mm. And yet, during that conversation, Dad would give them 100% attention. He would look them in the eyes. He would ask them, you know, how could he help? What question do they have? What's going on in their life? And then if they needed another minute, he gave it to them. Mm. And you see that whole experience, everything that they'd built up was validated by that one or two-minute interaction. Yeah. And so this is what I tell people. Yeah, none of us can be Zig Ziglar on stage, but we can all be Zig Ziglar one-on-one. Right. Because what people want is they want us to look them in the eye, ask them a sincere question, let them know that we care and offer to help. And that's exactly what she's doing. She took that message it impacted it changed her life. And now she's paying it forward. Well, man, I got to testify, Tom. I mean, that was my experience, my personal experience with your dad with Zig, as I was privy to a lot of the big speakers and presenters during his time, I also was privy to some of their character off of the stage. And 
It was, uh, I had, I had some disappointing experiences with some of them, but, uh, very, very amazing experience with Zig as a kid. And then of course, later in life, as he authentically cared for people's heart hearts, uh, those he spoke to it when it was 50,000 in the audience and when it was one-on-one right in front of them. And that, uh, that's why we're here today. Uh, well, Hey, Patrick leisure says, this guy, folks, this one, I mean, listen to his first line. Tell me how many of you, I wish I could see, I wish we were in with 50,000 people so I could have a hand raise. He says, tired was the only thing I could think when my life changed. I was just too darn tired to go on living the way I was. I asked God to silently kill me while I was sleeping. He had better things in store for me. I slowly came to my knees and gave up any power I thought I had. I asked, asked him finally for help. If you're up there, God, please help. And he did. I have tons of faith in the power of prayer, a good support network, and uh, surrendering. Uh, and then he, he puts in there Proverbs thirteen twelve: Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. That, how many folks I know listening are, can attest to that and maybe find that as a motivator? Just too darn tired to go on living the way you are right now to ha- having what you have coping with what you're coping with settling for what you're settling. It's you're just done. You're tired and it is time for a change. Where do you go now? This all, of course, Tom, I mean a great testimony to faith and to giving up. I love that statement that he said, I gave up the uh, power. I thought that I had, how often is that the case when we need to, instead of grabbing on grasping on, we need to let go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what, we got control anyway? I mean, come on. You know, you you get in the highway, you get in an airplane, whatever the situation is, there's so many things that can happen. Uh, It it, it just reminds me that as we we go through life, uh, I'm put in a position on a regular basis where I'm talking to a secular audience. And of course, faith is just a huge part of our family and what we teach, what I believe personally. And a lot of people will say, yeah, but, you know, how do you know yours is the right? You know, and, and yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you have a different faith or no faith or you're, you're kind of lost in there, the wisdom that just came from this post is something that I take a great deal of comfort in. If you're in a place in your life where you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to find God, you're not sure if there is God. If you sincerely pray, hey, God, if you're there, show me. Right. And you're serious about that. I have seen so many lives changed by just that one simple concept. Yeah. Because because I believe God is there for each and every one of us. He's waiting. He's there and he's waiting. So if you're in that position, we just we appreciate you coming to this podcast to get mm-hmm. encouraged, to be motivated, to practical tips and everything else. And that's really all I have to you know that I'd really need to say if that is something that you're seeking, he will reveal himself to you. Amen. All right. That'll preach, Tom, as you said. <laughs> hey, this is this, now this one, and this is, uh, I'll read this one. It's just a short one, but it is, there's a lot of testimonials in regards to people doing things, making a significant life change, often a career one later in life, well, which is interesting because the last show, which was number 334, uh, in that we played a clip from Zig and he talked about how many people feel it's too late for them. You know, they're whatever age they feel it's too late. Well, here's a great testimony that, again, was indicative of a bunch of them that were shared on the, on the Ziggler Facebook page. It's uh, Michael 
uh, Basera. In my life as a cosmetologist, I never dreamed I would have the opportunity to go back to school. After being a stylist for 34 years, I decided to take a risk, get myself back in school, and learn. I've traveled the road less traveled. Although I had many skeptics, I decided to pursue my goals, and now I'm about to graduate with a super high honor in medical assisting. I have a much bigger goal ahead at the age of 56. We can do more than just dream. We can be part of growth and progress, knowledge and success. So two things I liked on that, Tom. One, and again, there were so many testimonies. I wish we could read a bunch more of them on people who made significant life change after being in a career or a lifestyle for you know, 30, 40 years. And they finally got the impetus up to, to make a change. And now they've got a new lease on uh, life. So that one thing, Tom, I love that part of it. And then also his statement about uh, although I had many skeptics, and he goes on, I mean, we could probably make a show just, we should, on that one thing, how to deal with, you know, the negative influences. And of course, you know, that's a big part of Ziegler message to get positive influences in your life. But to know that, you know, one, you make a change no matter how late it is. And uh, also, you probably will have skeptics. I mean, don't you think it's good somewhat, not to be pessimistic, Tom, but just to, you know, count the cost, put it on the table. So that's going to happen. You're going to have skeptics. Uh, expect it, wave at them, say, good to see you, bye, and uh, and then go on and not let them derail you because you know how many people are derailed by skeptics and, well, on this one, we'll say two points, skeptics and age. Yeah. I, I tell you, you know, Dad had a quote. He, he said, sometimes the only, the only times people taste success is when they take a bite out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> So sometimes people jump on you and they criticize you unfairly and they, you know, and it's because, man, they are desperate for what you have. And so sometimes when people are negative or whatever, they are envious. I mean, that's really what they're looking at. Sometimes it's just their nature. That's just the way they were raised. Uh, It's the way they were brought up. And they just can't stand the thought of somebody else doing well while they're not doing well. Yeah. So I tend, when I hear skepticism, First off, I look at the heart of the person. Do I know them, right? Because yeah. if I don't know them, I don't give it any consideration, right? Unless yeah. they're an expert and their skepticism isn't personal criticism. It is, hey, information I can use to make good decisions. So if I don't know their heart, I discount it. You know, I move on. If I know their heart, then I try to figure out their motive. And boy, if their motive is not in my best interest, then I move on. And how do we get to this place? It takes a while to do that because, you know, we have this voice in the back of our head so many times of, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so when we hear skepticism, it's just reinforcing what we're already thinking. So once again, the key is we got to change our input to be able to handle the skepticism. Because what? if our input changes to, I can, I can, I can, and then we hear the skepticism, it yeah. is so much easier to deflect it and move on. Yep. And so the first step, it's, it's just like in the scripture, the miracles happen after somebody takes action. Yeah. Right? It's not you do nothing and your world changes. You have to do something and then your world changes. So if, if the people around you are negative and skeptical and you feel like you're just being, you know, droned, I guess that's a new term these days, isn't it, Kevin? We just get <laughs> droned. Yeah, I don't right? think Zig ever used that one. No, but... So from a skeptical perspective, we're just getting droned with negative input by those around us. You know, maybe what we got to do is we got to change the environment we're in 
so that we're around people who don't drone us, but they thrown us, yeah. right? They take us up a latch and they say, hey, man, you were created for greatness. You should be on a throne, right? Because we were meant to be on a throne, I believe. Yep. And, but we got to climb it. And that is, and, you know, of course, we'd love to hear the skeptics, the skepticism and to overcome it out of our own self-confidence that we all uh, know stories or have seen them on a movie somewhere where somebody achieves something out of almost a rebellion and saying, I'll prove to you that I can do it. That may not be the, uh, the healthiest way, but man, you know, at some point it's, it could be a motivator for sure. Well, Hey, I want to, um, I got two more to wrap up with. They're pretty, pretty short, but both pretty, pretty profound. I think, uh, Bill Mabry says I'm 44 years old. I've been an irresponsible alcoholic and drug addict much of my adult life. The turning point for me, his catalyst was when my daughter was taking her uh, talking about her stepfather and referred to him as dad. I could no longer ignore the obvious. I, if I, I, I had not been a dad for her, and if I ever wanted my children to see me as their dad, it was time to make some monumental change in my life, so I turned my life over to God. If anyone could help me, it would be him. All I can say is he did, and he is. But Tom, just from a standpoint of, I was thinking, is that, is that accountability? You know, when you're accountable to somebody, so he's accountable to his daughter. I mean, in a sense, it was, it was shame, which we talk about shame as a, a bad thing, and we obviously don't want to live in shame, but man, it can be a powerful motivator, eh? Absolutely. And, you know, shame can be a catalyst for change Mm -hmm. Uh, and a realization. Wait a second. Right. Because we deny, we deny, we deny, we deny. And then we get confronted from the words of somebody who we love with all our heart and they say it inadvertently. I mean, what a powerful thing. But there's another lesson here. And that is this. You can make a choice right now, this very second, to change your entire family tree. That's what he did. He said, enough. He said, I'm going to do something about this. And now he can be the father she, his daughter always wanted, right? It doesn't undo the past. It doesn't change the mistakes that he made, but he can prove to her on a daily basis. You know what? You mean more to me than these things that I had over here. And I may not be perfect, but I'm going to do everything I can to be the father you need me to be. I mean, that is like, I mean, that's a made-for-TV script. I mean, that's a movie ready to be mm-hmm, made, mm-hmm. and it happens every day. And so what people need to know is that no matter your situation, you have the power to change your family tree with a decision like that. You make that decision every day, and you follow it up by becoming the right kind of person. Man, absolutely. It takes me right back. Uh, I just scrolled up to look at the name again, Renard Wabu, about changing your name. This guy changed his name as a... Father, how powerful is that? All right, last one, Tom. I'm going to end us off with, and it's uh, maybe the shortest one. This is Thomasina Hotchgirdle, I think is the name. My life changed when I failed for the first time. I had to start over. Then I found myself surrounded by positive people that believed in me, and I began to believe in myself, and things just keep getting better. But that first line, she had me right there. My life changed when I failed for the first time time. How often do we hear that story? I mean, in my work, Tom, over the years with uh, self-employed people or people pursuing self-employment, how many great business stories, small business stories, big business stories come from somebody who says, you know, I wanted to do this thing for a long time, couldn't get myself to do it, to do it. And then I lost my job. And that was the catalyst for them. And of course you look back and go, man, and and that they testify off. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. 
you know, I lost my job, but it was a, it was a failure. And how many people we guard ourselves against trying anything that we might fail at. And yet those who have had a significant failure, and again, it's not to strive for failure. And I guess Tom, that's the balance. We don't want to strive for failure, but we do want to strive for big things. And along with that, there are going to be things that don't work that will teach us and train us or change our paradigm. But how many lives would change if you would allow yourself to fail? So my life changed when I failed for the first time, Tom, I'm putting you on the spot, man. You didn't hear about this. I, I, I'm sure you've got many testimonies, stories that you know of, of people who from a failure, that was the catalyst for their success. Absolutely. I, I was just thinking of, uh, I read something about Richard Branson and somebody's, the, the, the quote went like this. They said, how come Richard Branson's so successful? And the guy said, well, he's failed more than anybody in this room. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. And what a what a connection, right? The more we fail, the more successful we become. Now, of course, the key is is when we fail, we learn from that failure. We don't make the same mistake again. Yeah. Right. And there's there's countless there's countless people. In fact, uh, I was working with a consultant at one time, and his pride in his consulting firm was everybody who was a part of the firm had lost a business. Wow. Right. That's and significant. They, they were business consultants. That's brilliant. So it's like, hey man, you know what? We've been in, we've 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 bled, we've cried, we've we've anguished, we've recovered, and we've learned. That and is so- brilliant. I actually love that. I would lead with a firm like that. Hey, we we we've been you. Uh, everybody <laughs> here has failed miserably. We know what it's like, and we know what not to do. That used to be some of my best self-employment coaching is I, I felt like oh, actually it's Pat Flynn. A lot of people I'm sure he has a top podcast and he, at one point, if he doesn't do now, he said, I'm the crash test dummy of internet marketing. And I love that. <laughs> he didn't come and say, I've got it all figured out. He says, well, I'll try this. Go along with me. Let's see how it does. And it was such a great uh, walk. I felt like that with business a lot, man. I've done about everything you can do wrong. I, I'm a great, I teach a lot from um, my errant ways in the past, but, but failure. And and yeah, Tom, I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot, but you know, we want to calculate what we're doing. We want to seek counsel. So the failure, it doesn't have to be catastrophic, but to allow ourselves the freedom to try something that there, that you could fail at. I mean, it's a cat, how she testifies. That's a catalyst. My, My life changed when I failed for the first time. When you say Tom, that there's just there's some folks out there that need some freedom to fail. Hey, there's a book in there. What do you think? Freedom to fail. Freedom to fail. That sounds like a winner. Right. Science, it reminds me of dad's quote. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. I've never, I've never heard that. You've never heard that no, quote? No, no. Oh, man. Never. There's so much freedom in that quote. Think about all the top experts, whether they're you know, uh, CEOs or product category experts or athletes, golfers, doesn't matter. None of them started off that way. They failed over and over and over again until they perfected what they do. That's excellent. Ah, Tom, I wish we could go through them all. Folks, thank you again. If you want to read more of those, it's the August 26th, 2015 Facebook, uh, Ziegler Facebook uh, fan page posting and, you know, when we started this show, there was 211 comments. Who knows how many there are now? But, yeah, as you said, Tom, there are so many of the comments that have just rows and rows of replies. When people read somebody's comment and they uh, it resonated with them, I think it's probably worth as much or more than this show just to go read down through the page. You're going to find somebody 
you can relate to who's experienced what you've experienced and has overcome that, go read that and let it resonate with you and help you as you strive forward to your true performance. Tom, always a gift to do this with you. Folks, thank you. Can't wait to be back with you in the next Ziggler Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZigglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.